Welcome to the Burgundy and Gold Knuckleheads podcast, where two football diehard fans feel the joy and pain of being lifelong Washington fans. They will bring you an unapologetic and an occasional level-headed opinion. So hold on as we fight for old D.C. with your two favorite knuckleheads. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the Burgundy and Gold Knuckleheads podcast. As always, even in the middle of summertime, is my main man Reggie right over there. What up, though? What is up? What is up? You enjoying the summer? Yeah, yeah, man. Just uh, trying to stay cool. You know, it seems like Groundhog Day around here. You know, with the with this Texas heat, and yeah. uh, you know, we're just trying to stay cool, man. Yeah, for the people from for the the DMV area at the time of this recording. Uh, today it was 108 here in the Dallas area. Was it 108? As I was driving, as I was driving over here to our studio, uh, I noticed it had it had cooled off to a mild 107. Oh, uh, so it, 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 you know, <laughs> since, since we've been talking, you know, before the podcast, it might be down to 106, and it's supposed to be like that for the next I don't, two I don't, days. I don't even look at the weather, man. Yeah, like like I just know we're in the summer. It's going to be hot. So whether it's 99, 108, it's all hot. Yeah, but it, but it normally doesn't. Even for Texas, you've been here long enough that it, it normally doesn't get 107, 108, no, I 109. I don't care, man. It's still hot. Hey, there's, there, there's a point where it, where it does make a difference. There's a, there's a huge difference between, for, for those that uh, haven't had to experience, there's a big difference between 98 and 108. Let me just. Yeah, but if it's 98 and it feels like 108. Well, what if it's 108? It probably feels like 118. And it's still hot. Yeah. It's all hot. Trust yeah. me, folks. If, yeah. you, if you're not from here, you get down here and Ken's talking about this 99, 98 stuff, it's hot. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hey, well, I will tell you, it's funny because I went out to uh, check the mail today and the neighborhood was dead quiet. There was nobody mowing grass, nobody, no construction work on, you know, a house over, you know, getting a new roof or a, a new patio. It was dead quiet because nobody wants to do anything at one or two in the afternoon because it's hot because it is brutally hot it's damn hot hot, hot, damn hot around here. any vacation time uh since our last podcast nope no okay okay still no okay okay i didn't know (laughs) if uh if you had the the jet fueled up and and ready to go or not it's it's, it's still no it's still a no okay people gonna catch on here before (laughs) long realize that dude doesn't go anywhere does he uh but but when he does ladies and gentlemen (laughs) man it's 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 cashmere and caviar oh, the whole way, man. Oh yeah, I wish. <laughs> I sure wish. Well, we're doing a little uh, different podcast, uh, really this week. Uh, we've we've covered uh, some of the moves that, that Washington has been doing this off season, the free agency, and also uh, through the draft. And we're getting up on training camp in another nine or ten days yeah, from yeah, now. Yeah, next week. And so we thought what we'd do is is do a quick evaluation of the other three teams in the NFC East. Yeah. And, and we're going to do one each day, kind of keep them, the, the podcast a little kind of shorter. Uh, but we'll do one on specifically the Giants and how they're looking uh, based off of their moves, you know, before the season starts. And then Philadelphia. And then we'll, we'll finish up with... Whoa. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. The Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> They do so, suck, man. They suck. I don't know no other way to put it, man. They suck. Yeah, we hate them. Yeah, we do. Yeah. I try I try my best not to use the hate word, but man, I can't. Oh, man, I, I had can't to stand them. You know, I had I went to a, a car wash yesterday and the guy at the car wash that start, you know, that comes to my window, right away he starts busting on the wash 
Washington. He rolls over. Hey, he goes, before we get started, he goes, I got to talk to you about Washington. Cause I had a, I didn't realize I had a, uh, Washington Redskins, uh, like mug, one of those like Yeti cups. Mm-hmm. And, right. and he commented on like, how, where, where do I know you from? Are you at the club or something? You know, the, the, the fan <laughs> club. And he starts in, man, I had to light, I had to light him up, man. He, yeah. That, like, yeah. Just ugh, those dudes, man. Yeah, yeah. The fans, the team, just all, all, all of, of it. All of them. All of them. They're, they already annoy me and the season hasn't even started yet. So, but, but, but they'll, we'll, we'll get to them. We'll get to them. Yeah. T- today we're going to, we're going to focus on the, on the New York Giants. They're, they're the team last year that, uh, you know, were definitely had their struggles last year. They were four and 13. So while they weren't the worst in the NFL, they, for the most part, they don't have anywhere to go, but up, yeah. right? If you're, if you're a, somebody looking at the Giants, I'm not saying that what they're doing is going to be, you know, we'll we'll talk about what the moves that they're doing, whether it is uh, helping or hurting them. But they're at the bottom of the barrel in the NFC. But, but it's it's funny East. you say that, right? Because we we've been in that same same boat, right? Four right. wins, three wins. But I didn't feel like we were a three win team. Like I felt like we were better. And we just underachieved. Sure. And for the Giants, I mean, it just seems like the cupboard is bare. Our, our cupboard didn't seem that bare. It just seems like what the hell happened? The team underperformed. We're better than that. Injuries. But, right, injuries, whatever right. the case. But the results were still there that we didn't win a lot of games. The Giants, on the other hand, man, up until this year, it, it the cover looks bare for those guys. And so right. it is It is a bit concerned if you're, if you're um, a fan of Big Blue. Yeah, and uh, you know, to point out, you know, as, as we move along here, I'll, I'll point out a couple things of, of – the covered bear and, and some of the ways that they're going to uh, try to remedy that. I mean, you know, as a Washington fan, we definitely hope that they continue to struggle. They uh, have first, they had a, uh, a new GM. Uh, they got rid of their GM that had been there for a number of years. Yeah. They got guy out of uh, Carolina, right? Well, <laughs> he, 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 he was actually, yes, yes. Well, he was actually, but that was many, many, many years ago. That was pre-Ron that he was in I Carolina. Care. I don't care. He came from Carolina. Well, no success we'll, there. We'll, we'll talk. We'll talk about this because this has a a similar feel with Carolina. Because uh, right, right. the, the new GM came was the assistant GM with the Buffalo Bills. Right. Who? Uh, the the new GM for the Giants, uh, Joe uh, Showham. The current GM. The current GM. Okay, okay. Correct. I was like, what? The, the one that was just hired. Okay. Right, hired in the office. Came, soon, came out of Buffalo. Gotcha. Came, came, out, came out of Buffalo. My guy, I'm with you now. Right? And and who did he hire? Coach out of Buffalo. He hired the offensive coordinator uh, from the Buffalo Bills. Right. Uh, I mean, again, we're, we're starting to see a, a, a trend here, right? Just, well, that's what, just, that's just, what those guys do, man. They all, I, they all scratch their buddies back, right? I, I understand. Uh, Ron still feel like he owes North Turner for what? I don't know, <laughs> but he's still, he's still paying him back. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so they got a new head coach, day bold, day bold or whatever. Well, it, yeah. New, a new GM, a new head coach and kind of a new approach. I don't want to say a, a totally new approach, but they, they've definitely gone and made a lot of changes uh, through the draft and through free agency, and and some of it is just letting people go, right? Not re-signing, um, but they made a, a decent amount of changes this year. Yeah, they're, they're starting over for sure. Uh, you know, you, you look at what they did free agency. You look at what they did 
through the draft, and c- clearly, clearly they're they're in a rebuild, right? Absolutely, a youth movement for sure. But but even with that, outside of their, I don't know, the top three draft picks, they didn't even do a whole lot in free agency. They right. lost a few people, and uh, they lost some key guys. After the season, I guess I'm going to call it the subtraction, addition right, and subtraction. Right. They lost some key guys. But, man, they didn't replace a lot of people. And so their free agency addition, boy. Woo. Well, I, I will say kind of as we go into that, let me just kind of go and give you some numbers from last year to, to kind of set a base for what to show what they may be trying to correct, right? Offensively, last year we had a lot of frustration with our offense, right? Uh, our offense, their offense. We were frustrated. Washington fans were frustrated with our offense and Heineke, mm-hmm. and we just thought there was more in the tank that we didn't get out of it, whether it's through injuries, whether it's through quarterback play, whatever it was, uh, uh, play calling by Turner. Um, their offense was 31st, right? So Washington only scored 335 points last year, Okay. They scored 258. So as bad as we were, can you imagine scoring, what is that, 80 points less for the year than us? But but again, though, they they had a void of talent. I don't don't disagree. They also also had uh, the most turnovers in the NFL. So not only were they not productive when they were doing things, but they turned the ball over a lot. Okay. As well. All right. Um, Daniel Jones played 11 games, 64% completion rate. Uh, it would have been a lot higher if he played Washington all the time because that's the one team that he plays very well against, unfortunately. Uh, seven touchdowns. I'm sorry, 10 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Do you know what Daniel Jones' record is against Washington? Overall, no, I do not. He's 4-1. and one. I thought we beat him twice last year. Daniel Jones. Ah, uh, yes, because he wasn't there for the second game. Correct. Daniel Jones, though, right. as a quarterback of right. the New York Giants, is four and one against us. And when he, when he plays Washington, his, his legs look like Lamar Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> I never seen a quarterback scramble so much yes. against Washington than Daniel freaking Jones. He kills us, man. He kills, kills us. us. Kills so whenever us. he's play, playing us, because again, so that would be six games that, since he's been there. And uh, one he didn't play, but of the of the other five, he's four and one. And if you remember, if you remember last year how we won that game, we probably should have lost that game. We should have lost that game. So uh, yeah, we should have lost that game. Uh, well, we that's, what guy, that's what the guy jumped off sides. Right? right, right. The and and talk about the cupboard being bare. Uh, there, when when we go back, you know, we always grade. Oh man, we got this draft class. We give them an A. We give them a B. Whatever it is. You know, really, when you go back and you look at it three or four years later is a better understanding of how well you did. From the 2018 draft class, they only have one player left in Barkley. That is it. <laughs> they do not have another player from, from the, the 2018 class, class except for Barkley. The num- and this yeah, could the, be his the, last year. It could be. It could be. They, they, you know, after this season, it could be zero. Correct. Correct. Um, so that that kind of now you know why the GM is no longer there and why their team is uh, not play well. 
Yeah. yeah. And, and what I was going to say, you know, they got some players that have underperformed, but you could say that they didn't draft the right players, right? To your right. point that, you know, in one of the draft class, no one's there from the original draft class. But for whatever reason, though, they're moving on. What I find interesting about what the Giants are doing is that they're going all in on, um, excuse me, going all in on Daniel Jones. And I don't know if it's, it's one of two things. On one hand, I go, well, it's because they're trying to, they hired Daybold, the coach, mm-hmm. offense coordinator that was in Buffalo, and he's being credited with turning Josh, uh, Josh Allen's career around. Right. Right? Whether that's true or not true, I don't know. But, you know, it's just like when the team has success, everyone looks good. As they say, everyone eats. So he's being credited with turning Josh Allen's career around. So I think they feel as if this guy can come in and get the best out of Daniel Jones. That's one thought. The other thought is they realize, just like you and I realize, the cupboard is bare. And Daniel Jones still may not be the future. But we're going to run it back with Daniel Jones because if nothing else, we're going to be bad again. And everyone knows that next year's draft class is supposed to be a lot better when it comes to the QB position. And then the Giants, assuming that they're picking in the top 10 again, which I suspect they will be, maybe even top five. Now they have a shot at one of the quarterbacks coming out in next year's draft. But the best thing is to do is run it back with Daniel Jones because you're not going to get a whole lot out of Daniel Jones. And it is essentially they're tanking again to get a top pick. Well, I, I don't know that they are or they're not um, as far as tanking. Uh, when I they're look, tanking. When I look at the moves that they made, though, it's kind of it's interesting. Uh, and I'm talking about from a free agency free agency perspective as well as the draft. Um, I I mentioned that they were the 31st uh, ranked offense, uh, horrible offense last year. But in free agency, they went out as as a backup and got Tyrod Taylor. Um, Then they went and got uh, offensive guard from uh, the Colts. And then they got another uh, center guard. He can play either position from Buffalo Bills, another Buffalo Bill connection. <laughs> and then they went and got uh, Ricky Seals-Jones from Washington. Right. So that's that's offense, 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 and offense. Now, they had a couple other guys, but th- but those were the, if you want to call them the four biggest. Okay. Um, and, and, then, and they got a running back. They got Matt, Matt Breida yeah. from the 49ers. Correct, correct. Um, which, again, another, another offense, right? And then... Flipping over to their draft, their first four draft picks, right off the bat, they get the stud from Oregon. Okay. Uh, at defensive end in... Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau. Thibodeau. But then the next three, they got the, the human wall in Neal, the offensive lineman out of uh, Alabama. Yep. Wide receiver, Robinson, and then another offensive lineman, th- those four picks uh, were all within the top. Uh, the last one was number 67. So basically within the the beginning of the third round, they got two offensive linemen, a wide receiver to go along with two other offensive linemen, a tight end and a backup quarterback that they picked up in free agency. So a lot of moves, a lot of changes for, for the Giants uh, on the offensive side of the ball this year. Okay, but you, you started all that to say what, though, when I said that, that they could potentially be tanking. You're saying because they make these moves on the offensive side, that, that means that they're not, 
I, I don't know that they're tanking. I think, you know, when you, uh, they're, they're, they're trying to, I think they're going to try to build a, a core defensive line, offensive line, almost the, you know, old school giants, uh, when they were winning, they were doing it with, with their lines and then had not as many superstars elsewhere on the, on the team. And, and let me, and let me be clear. I'm not saying that they're tanking. I'm saying it's one of two things because what, what surprises me is that they're going all in with Daniel Jones, right? To your point, which well, they, is, yeah, they got to find out, which is they're setting him up, but, but they, but they didn't take it. They didn't get his um, option for the, for the last year. That's the way you can let him go. Right. So either we're setting this up for next year, we're going to get this talent for next year, or we're setting this talent up for Daniel Jones, which is it. But I'm not convinced that they're not tanking. But at the same time, because they didn't pick up his option, you want to see what you got with them and all that. I'm just simply saying they make some moves, and it's one of the two things. We'll never know. But I will well, say that once the season starts, we'll, we'll, we'll quickly learn whether or not the Giants are kind of tanking this thing. Well, their, their offensive line uh, was – it was – you know, like like a. It wasn't good. No, it was horrible. You know, people the the amount of uh, rush and and pressure that he dealt with was dramatically more than even uh, what Washington dealt with last right. year. So, so you have to you have to improve that simply from the perspective whether it's Daniel Jones, Tyrod Taylor, or a rookie next year, you still have to build up your offensive line. So so, so, so that's you, why I'm saying that just because they're doing this doesn't mean that they're all in on Daniel Jones. Right. It just means that they're trying to prepare themselves for next year for whatever quarterback and whatever other receivers and positions that they're going to do in next year's draft and free agency, but they got to start somewhere. But I just thought it was just kind of interesting that most people feel like Daniel Jones is not the guy, and yet the Giants are going to run it back one more year with this guy. Well, I think they, for, for one, they were probably like Washington where they didn't have a whole lot of options. And number two, um, they want to give Jan, Daniel Jones, the offensive lineman, to, to get a they feel like they need more evaluation on him. If they give him the defensive line, uh, a couple weapons, uh, get healthy and improve, that they can get a better feel on on whether he's hit his ceiling yet or not. Okay, that's fair. Um, that's fair. But with with that said, I, I don't expect the Giants to be making a playoff run this year. Don't get me don't get me wrong by that. <laughs> okay, yeah, could they win? You know, more than four games? Yeah, they could. But I don't see them, you know, winning, you know, nine, ten games. I think that's a that's a pipe dream. No, I, I suspect that they finish last in the division. I would expect them to as well. Right. Yes. And but stranger things have happened. Um, well, I will say this though. One thing that that I found very interesting about the Giants is their wide receiver um, uh, group. Galladay. Galladay mm-hmm. was the big key free agent signing last season. Last year. Yep. Right. And Galladay had the same number of touchdowns as you and I did last year. And, Cur- and Curtis Samuels. And Curtis Samuels. <laughs> Zero. Right. But yet they gave that guy this huge contract, right? Gall- In fact, we were, we as um, knuckleheads, football team fans, <laughs> yeah. we were football teams in, but uh, we're all rooting for one of the top wide receivers in the free agency. And Galladay was one of those guys coming out of Detroit. All right. And uh, we chose to go after Curtis Samuel, but man, Galladay did not live up to no. the expectation or the contract that was given to him. Like I said, the guy scored zero touchdowns, and he and he was. I mean, at, at least uh, when we 
give grief to Curtis Samuels. He had injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, that wasn't necessarily the case. No, uh, with Galladay. Yeah. Uh, um, he might have had some, some injuries through there, but he was healthy a good bit of the year. Shepard, guy can't stay healthy. Correct. And then uh, uh, last year, the, I think he was a rookie last year, Kadarius Tony. Man, they got no not much production. Now, when he was on the field a little bit, he looked like he could be something special, but but at the end of the day, they didn't get much production out of him. And so they seem to have the talent at the wide receiver spot, but, man, they got no production out of him. And they got minimal uh, production out of Barkley. You know, you're talking about this may be his last year because um, since he's come back, since he's come back from his injury, he he has not been the same running back right. that he was. Not even not even close. I agree. And I saw something online where I I didn't even read it because I thought it was stupid, but some NFL executive said that um Barkley doesn't know how to be a running back. <laughs> I'm like this is the guy that compared to what? That was guy was out of Penn State and yeah. everyone was talking about potentially being the number one pick, but he doesn't know how to be a running back. I was like, oh, okay. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So yeah, I, I I didn't read it because I thought that's that's just how ridiculous I thought yeah, it was. He, he knew he knew how to how to be a running back at Penn State in the first couple of years that he was with the Giants. Until he tore his ACL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he seemed to do just fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he seemed to do just fine. He, he was doing a wonderful job at faking being a running back. <laughs> so, so, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, kind of lays out where they're, where they're headed. You know, like I said, I think they're trying to get a, a core foundation. They, they, they want to evaluate um, Daniel Jones a little bit more, but, you know, they, they went, Defensive line, offense, offensive line heavy, uh, with some more offensive tools in in the off season overall between free agency and uh, and the draft. So, uh, like I said, just I, I again, I don't I don't see them doing anything significant this year. But Washington just contain Daniel Jones, and I think we'll be okay. I think we'll be just fine, man. <laughs> I think we'll be just fine. So. Yeah. So that's kind of kind of all we got. Yeah. Um, that's all I got as far as the Giants. I think uh, again, my prediction is they finish last. I'm not going to get in too good in the prediction business here because I'm not great at it. But I will. I can honestly say I think the Giants will finish last in our division this year. Yeah. And I think uh, that's going to be universal when you hear anybody. I don't care whether it's ESPN, whether it's the Knuckleheads. Everybody's going to probably put uh, the Giants at the bottom. As they should be. Yes. So, yes. So with that, tune in. Tune in to our next one. Our next episode is going to be on the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. Yeah. And, they, a lot. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll get into a little bit of some of the same topics here of what we think about their off season and, and what we think for them heading into the season. So. All right. Well, and, and Philadelphia and Dallas both were ahead of us this this past year. So we're we're ca- trying to catch up to both of them. And there's the next two that we're going to be be covering and kind of maybe go into a little bit more detail on a couple things also. So tune in. And uh, until next time, peace out. Peace out, knuckleheads.